you've reached the CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. CNA Newsroom. Welcome to CNA Newsroom. Welcome to the podcast that brings you great stories and the Catholic news that matters each week. My name is Kate Vike. I produce this podcast and I will be co-hosting this week with CNA's managing editor, Carl Bunderson. Hey, Kate. <laughs> JD is out of the office this week. He's somewhere in California doing something? Yeah, Oakland, I think. Oh, okay. Is there a beach in Oakland? My geography is... Probably. (laughs) On the bay. (laughs) So this week's episode, we're going to be talking all about World Youth Day, which was last week in Panama. Carl, have you ever been to World Youth Day? Yeah, once. Which one did you go to? Uh, Madrid. Oh, how was that? That was with Benedict, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh. It was crowded. (laughs) Lots of youths. Lots of... But you're a youth. <laughs> you were definitely a youth at the time. <laughs> Not in spirit. <laughs> Not in spirit. Oh, my gosh. Um, when did that kind of fit into your conversion? Was it right after? No, it was actually while I was in seminary. Oh, so you went with other seminarians? Yeah. Were you like a chaperone or were you an actual like? No, we actually, so we had like a pilgrimage to Europe, like with a seminary. Oh, okay. But to get enough people to go, we had to, like, include World Youth Day. So, <laughs> yeah. Was that your one experience of Madrid? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went to World Youth Day, the last one, in, I always want to say Portugal. The next Poland? one is in Portugal. The last one was in Poland. It's really weird that they had, like, Poland, Panama, Portugal. Like, I get them all mixed up, weirdly. I mm. think because they all start with Lots peas. of peas. Lots of peas. But... Anyway, so our reporter, Mary Rezat, she is going to interview a couple of our journalists who were on the ground in Panama. I'm going to reconnect with our Rome correspondent, Courtney Grogan, about a trip we made last summer to Portugal. And Portugal is where the next World Youth Day will be held in the year 2022? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So 2022, Portugal, Lisbon. But first, here are a couple of the top stories from this week. At least 20 people are dead and more than 100 wounded after two bombs detonated during Sunday Mass in the Philippines. The bombs exploded minutes apart during Mass in a Catholic cathedral on the southern island of Jolo. No one has yet claimed responsibility for the attack. During his return flight from Panama to Rome, Pope Francis told journalists he is opposed to the idea of optional priestly celibacy in the Latin Rite. He said he would possibly consider optional priestly celibacy for very remote locations if there was a serious need. For these stories and more, visit catholicnewsagency.com. For CNA Newsroom, I'm Jonah McKeown. Hey everyone, I'm Mary Rezach. I'm a reporter with Catholic News Agency, and I am joined here today by my colleagues Ursula Marua and Jonah McKeown. Um, They just came back from Panama where they were for World Youth Day. And I went to World Youth Day as a pilgrim back in 2008. uh, It was in New Zealand and Australia. So we did, uh, we stayed with a family in New Zealand for a few days and then met the Pope in Australia. So World Youth Day is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm really excited to hear how it was for them. So yeah, if you guys want to start off by just telling me what was Panama like? What was the atmosphere like? Just what did it what did it feel like being in Panama? Yeah, sure. So uh, this was my first World Youth Day experience. 
And I have to say the the hospitality of the Panamanian people was really, really evident. Like it was really clear that people were really excited to host the pilgrims. And many Panamanian people did actually host pilgrims in their house. And then just, uh, you know, as we were walking down the street, most of the time, there would be large groups of pilgrims there waving their flags and chanting and cars would be driving down the street and they would just be like honking their horn, like l- literally leaning on their horns in a friendly way mm-hmm. and just welcoming the pilgrims to their country. Well, I agree with Yona. I had the same experience. It was actually the first time I, I was going to a World Youth Day because I've always covered uh, World Youth Days from my office. First in Peru, you know, wherever I was, I was covering from there. But it was different to be there and to, and even though I stayed most of the time inside the uh, International Center for the Press, I did have the opportunity to see how how excited were the Panamanians hosting this event, how generous they are, and really for them it was the biggest event ever they have had in the history of the country. Panama is a country that only has four million people. That's all. So for the final mass of the World Youth Day, they gathered 700,000 people in one place. It it's like having, you know, one fourth like of, the country, of, yeah, fourth the, of the country. You know, yeah, fourth of the country, yeah. Plus pilgrims. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? They actually released official statistics of the the percentage of the country that showed up for the final mass. And it was something like 16%, 16%. of the entire wow. country, which is one of the highest ratios in certainly in recent years of people showing up for the final mass. For a country so small, it's like... Uh, incredible to hold like a international event like that so um. yeah and and i thought in in my opinion they really did a pretty good job of hosting all the pilgrims i mean the government declared four days off for everyone for holidays oh wow yeah so <laughs> it helped a lot because people who were maybe not interested in world youth they, they just left the city yeah so it was yeah. really easy to to be there that's absolutely know? true and it, you could really tell that basically the whole city shut down in, in many ways, for the Pope's visit, because the Pope, when he first arrived at the airport, he, you know, came through town and there was a huge welcome reception and everyone was out in the streets to watch him. And they shut down many of the highways so the pilgrims could just literally like walk down the highway. No security incidents or Only anything. one. Only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, only one, but it was product of, you know, the excitement or whatever. There was this pilgrim from Venezuela, you know, he has this flag from Venezuela and he wanted to give it to the Pope. But he tried to do that while the Pope was in a car, not Pope Mobile, but mm. a regular car. So you could see the driver doing a, you know... A big swerve. Yes. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> oh my God, what happened? Very, you know? very excited young Pope. Yeah. Okay, so there's like catechesis going on. There's all these events that happen that take place before the Pope gets there. But what happens when the Pope arrives? Um, crazy Venezuelan guys getting to the way in the streets. Uh, what else happens? Like, how does the atmosphere shift? Um, what was like his message to pilgrims? Um, yeah, what was that like? Yeah, so that that was kind of, you know, part of the story is that he received a really big and exuberant welcome, which... You know, when he came to Ireland, when he came to Chile, those were some of his 
last visits that he made to other countries. The welcome was maybe a bit more subdued, not as not as excited. Right, because the church is going through a big crisis right now. So uh, I was kind of wondering how that might yeah. affect World Youth Day, but it it did definitely get brought up. Um, you know, the topic of of the sexual abuse crisis. And I think many people, especially in in the U.S. press, really wanted him to directly address this issue. And really, the the tone more of World Youth Day was more focused on the experience of the young people. He, you know, the young people were not there to receive a political lecture from the Pope. They were really there to receive more of a a message of spiritual conversion and, and encouragement to them, because that's really the main core of the Pope's message, especially mm-hmm. in his in his welcome address, was just have the confidence to be saints. You know, he spoke a bit more about it when he spoke to the bishops of Central America. Mm-hmm. He really encouraged them to be courageous in the face of the the sexual abuse crisis. <laughs> So what about the pilgrims who were there? Who did you meet? Where are they from? What was that like? Like, what was their experience like? Yeah, there were all kinds of really interesting groups of pilgrims from all around the world. And, uh, you know, many of the pilgrims came from Central America, South America. And so it was it was really great to see kind of the the really fun, exuberant groups that were always cheering and and really having a good time. I was able to meet several groups from the U.S., uh, one, one of the groups uh, that had a kind of an interesting story was a group of high schoolers from Pennsylvania. They were staying with a host family, and, you know, the father of the family, whose name was Franklin, he renovated an entire floor of his diesel repair factory wow. in order to host the pilgrims. So he put in rooms and he put in showers just wow. for them to host this huge group from Pennsylvania. So that was kind of cool. Another group that had uh, a cool story was a group from Alaska. These pilgrims from Alaska were able to come down and do a mission trip in Costa Rica the week before World Youth Day, and then they hopped on a bus for a 25-hour bus ride to World Youth Day. And, um, you know, one other thing to mention, I met several pilgrims from the Middle East that had really endured some really great hardships in order to come there. Yeah, because I read Pakistan was even trying to block people from going. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, we spoke to a couple of groups from Pakistan, and one group told me that they were basically detained in the airport because Pakistani passports list the religion of the holder. Mm-hmm. And so they saw that they were Christians the the authorities at the airport saw that they were Christians and tried to detain them. And uh, what what they told us was that they actually filmed the authorities and mm. threatened to put the video on YouTube if they didn't <laughs> let them through. Wow. And apparently that worked. They <laughs> So they were able to get through. But there were certainly, uh, I read a report of another Pakistani group that, you know, was completely blocked at the airport. But one other thing that's worth mentioning is that I heard several reports from various pilgrims that they thought maybe there was a group from mainland China there Hmm. at World Youth Day, which if you've been following CNA's coverage about what's going on in China, of course, it's, you know, the communist government has really been repressing almost all forms of religion in the country. Yeah, most Catholics are underground, or at least partially so, Mm -hmm. yeah. But I spoke to a group from Hong Kong, and uh, a priest that was a part of the Hong Kong delegation told me that he he was almost certain that there was a group from mainland China there, but they were basically hiding. Hmm. Like they 
didn't want to display their flag. They didn't want anyone to know that they were there. Um, You know, they had kind of embedded with other groups of pilgrims in order to kind of blend in, which is a pretty striking story. As you can tell, I spoke to a lot of, uh, you know, Asian pilgrims and pilgrims from the Middle East just because they they had, you know, really incredible story, most of them, of how they were able to get to World Youth Day in the first place. Yeah, I think it's amazing the stories of, like, such sacrifices that were made just to get to World Youth Day. Absolutely. And I think World fin- Youth Day... Financial and, right. and otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> so. and I think even for, you know, privileged kids from the United States, I still think it's a lot of the time for them, it's their first experience of a pilgrimage. So it's their first experience of like, okay, we're going to go on a 25-hour bus ride to see the Pope. Or like, there's always a pilgrimage at the end for the final mass. You like walk, like I know in Australia, we walked several miles over this bridge and you sleep outside and we, you know, we're wrapped in emergency blankets and stuff. And... Um, I think for a lot of kids, it's their first experience of like doing any sort of mission work, doing any kind of pilgrimage, like really sacrificing for their faith and to, you know, to participate in this event with other Catholics from around the world. There is a detail that for me it was interesting. I didn't re- I didn't notice that before. But there are like different packages for the World Youth Day. So depending on how much you can afford, you can how much you can pay, you get like a different package. So I met this group from Colorado Springs and the chaperone told me that they were sharing a lot of time with a Cuban delegation. Mm-hmm. And the Cuban delegation, they had like the very, very basic package. So these, these guys from Colorado Springs, they shared their stuff with them and they tried to give them everything they could, you know, even their own things, not only food or, you know, that kind of, of, of stuff, but they said, okay, let's give them everything we can. So they had this gesture with them, which I think it's very, very nice. And it's the spirit of World Youth Day, you know, because you're a Catholic, you want to learn about your faith, but actually what you get the most is maybe to experience the different faces that the Catholic Church has mm-hmm. all over the world you know, different challenges, different cultures, different needs, you know, and we all belong to the same family. We are, you know, the same Catholic Church. So I think that probably is one of the things that most pilgrims are going to value for the rest of their lives, you Mm. know. I encountered a very similar story with a group of Panamanians who had taken in a group from Venezuela. The issue of what's going on in Venezuela was very much at the forefront of you know, the Pope's mind and the mind of many of the pilgrims. But there was, yeah, there was a couple uh, of young pilgrims from Venezuela who were able to take part in, uh, you know, the activities that the Panamanians were engaged in. And the young pilgrims from Panama had really taken them in and were helping to make sure that they had as good a time at World Youth Day as all the other pilgrims. So like you're saying, it's a really good example of kind of the spirit of World Youth Day, which is kind of cooperation and and helping each other. And I think a lot of the time it's it's a lot of people's first um, real encounter with the faith in a way. I think a lot of kids go because it's like, oh, my parents are making me or like there's a cute girl that's going that I like and I want to hang out with her. or Oh, it sounds cool to go to another country. And then they walk away with these real experiences of faith. Yeah. Well, you, you were mentioning about about the vigil, which is you know, basically an all-night camp out the night before the final mass, which uh, I, you know, was able to attend. And I wasn't one of the smart ones that brought a tent or a sleeping bag, unfortunately. So I basically uh, laid on the rocky ground 
And were you it, cold? Uh, no, it, it actually wasn't that cold at all. Yeah, it was, luckily it was, it was quite summer, pleasant. Yeah. 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 So, but that that was really cool because um, I, you know, it's basically like a huge camp out surrounded by. 600,000 of your closest friends, just having fun, hanging out and bonding with each other. But in anticipation of this great good, which is the mass the next day. There was a, a very important accent in confessions. We, we noticed that. Mm-hmm. A- absolutely, yeah. The, you know, the topic of, of forgiveness and seeking mercy was really a big theme of World Youth Day. And it's mm-hmm. worth mentioning in, in the youth park, they had over 250 wooden confessionals that were really wow. beautiful, and many young people were taking advantage of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and, and so that was really great. But the cool thing about the confessionals was that they were all built by inmates at the local mm. prison. You could find priests hearing confessions in the airport, in the streets, everywhere. Wow. Yeah. 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 People, people awesome. were holding cardboard signs saying, we need priests for <laughs> confession. Yeah. And, and yeah, you, you could see just young people sitting off with a priest and you could tell like yeah they're 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 getting what they what they need yeah <laughs> exactly they're getting what they need right now i found at least three people one nun one priest and one consecrated lay woman who were there as chaperones but the three of them discovered their vocations to consecrated life in a world youth day because they went i mean i met a mexican consecrated lay woman who came to denver 1993 and she decided to mm-hmm. to dedicate her life to god mm-hmm. because of what saint saint john paul ii said here so for me it was like okay so it's not only a time of you know having fun or meeting other people or knowing your faith but also if you open your heart maybe you can discover what God really wants from you yeah I've met a lot of um, U.S. priests and religious who who found their vocation in 1993 in Denver thanks so much guys thanks for joining us thank you uh, so much for having us yeah thanks for representing it was a great experience and thanks for your prayers all the listeners yeah thanks for repping CNA in Panama of course thank you Welcome back to CNA Newsroom. This is Kate. And for this next segment, I am joined by um, our newest Rome correspondent, Courtney Grogan. Courtney, hello. Hello, Kate. Courtney was a correspondent for us in D.C. um, before she moved to Rome. And um, she and I actually had the opportunity to travel to Portugal, to Lisbon. And we spent a lot of time in Fatima um, last summer in June. So since the next World Youth Day will be held in Portugal, we thought that it would be fun for us to kind of reconnect about our trip and um, just Give some advice for pilgrims who are maybe on the fence about whether they should go, which you should go for sure. Portugal 2022, World Youth Day. I'm so excited. I think we've already decided we are barely making the cutoff (laughs) to, to be a youth. But yeah, so we spent about a week in Portugal. And in that time, we were in Lisbon for probably a little over 24 hours. I I loved the city of Lisbon. It was, I think, Fatima and just the the miracles that that occurred there is what really drew me to the country of Portugal. But Lisbon was such a pleasant surprise. It is a city with so much charm, um, as well as a, uh, I was really surprised by just the enthusiastic devotion to St. Anthony, who we call St. Anthony of Padua. So I always associated him with Italy, but he's actually Portuguese. So 
When we were in Lisbon, Kate and I had the opportunity to visit two churches um, that have a significant uh, relation to St. Anthony, and they're next to each other, which is really cool. The first church was built on the site where St. Anthony was born, and there's a crypt down there, and you can go down, and, and it's just a beautiful place of prayer. And St. Pope John Paul II, actually, when he visited Lisbon, made a special request that he wanted to go pray um, in that crypt uh, to to St. Anthony. People just pray to him to find things when he actually was very, I mean, that's a great thing, but he actually was, you know, lived a very uh, holy life um, that's worth remembering just in its own sense from his devotion and dedication to charitable works with the poor um, is what people in Portugal remember St. Anthony for, as well as his great preaching even to the fish sometimes i remember at the second church dedicated i don't think it's dedicated to saint anthony um but they have the baptistry where saint anthony was baptized that was kept and then they have a mural above it with um saint anthony preaching to the fish so just for the sake of our listeners the story of saint anthony preaching to the fish um that goes back to when saint anthony was traveling throughout italy calling people to conversion and one city that he went to everyone was ignoring him so he went just outside of the city to a nearby river and the story goes that he just started preaching to the fish in the river and the fish all lined up and they all were trying to push their heads out of the water to strain to hear what St. Anthony had to say. And so then the people back in the Italian city nearby um, all realized what was happening and they gathered around St. Anthony and many of them converted. So anyway, Lisbon was a treat, definitely. But the focus of our trip back in June was actually Fatima, which is about an hour and a half north of Lisbon. We stayed in Fatima. We stayed in a hotel that was right across from the original site of the apparition there, um, which was incredible being that close. Oh, Fatima is such an incredible place, unlike any other. I think one moment that I will just carry with me for the rest of my life was the candlelight rosary procession. Um, This is something that actually happens at Fatima every night, I do believe. Each person is holding their own small candle, and it happens, of course, after dark. We all pray the rosary together and then did a procession basically around Fatima Square with uh, the statue of Our Lady of Fatima. It was just so beautiful to be holding this small candle, but then seeing everyone all the faces of the crowd illuminated by by candlelight and you're just united in prayer. And it's something that I think will definitely should be a part of World Youth Day 2022. And I can only imagine how incredible it would be. We had a, a small crowd when we were there, but I can only imagine when you have the huge crowds that World Youth Day brings together of, of young people from all over the world. One of my favorite memories from Fatima was actually, I believe it was the first day we were there, and we were able to walk the route that uh, the Fatima visionaries, the, the route that they would walk from their town to the spot where the apparition took place. And it's paved and they have plaques with prayers that you can read or quotes that you can reflect on. And what I thought was cool about it was that Fatima around the apparition site 
it's very developed now. There are a lot of new businesses, new shops. It's um, doing really well because there are so many pilgrims just flooding Fatima constantly. But they were able to maintain a level of quiet and a, a level of peace on this route that we walked, that the visionary children walked. You looked around you and there were a lot of the same trees, a lot of the same plants that would have been there when the children were walking, you know. And so it was cool. I just felt like I was able to connect with that apparition in a very tangible way. For me, that was that was extremely powerful. Yes. And there were a number of apparitions that took place over the course of 1916 and 1917. And before Our Lady appeared to young Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia, there was an angel that appeared to them. They, they called her an angel of peace. I remember walking along that, that beautiful kind of nature path. There was one particular spot where the angel of peace appeared to them, and he taught the young shepherd children this prayer. And it's a very simple prayer. The angel of peace told the children, My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Amen. And that's the prayer. Mm -hmm. And it's just so simple. You know, it really does seem like a prayer of a child. It's It was just a, a really beautiful prayer to learn and to pray just right there on that hill where this prayer first was was given to the children from heaven. That same day when we when we walked that path of the shepherd children, Kate, do you remember um, after that we walked around the small village where the the little visionaries, Saints Francisco and Jacinta and Lucia, who's now on the road to sainthood where they grew up. Um, do you remember the moment I'm thinking about? We were in the village and we were touring all of the houses and then we noticed a crowd. We walked across the street to see like what's going on here and it was this old lady praying a rosary. Kate and I kind of waited our turn to talk to her and as we were talking with her we she told us that she is actually Lucia's niece. She's now 98 years old and she just sits there in the town where Lucia grew, grew up and and prays the rosary every day and encourages the pilgrims who are coming through the town to to pray the rosary and to in increase their devotion to to this prayer. And I think for me, that was a moment very similar to what you just, just described, Kate, where Lucia is not, has not been declared a saint yet by the church, but she's in the process. So for me, that's the closest I've gotten to meeting a relative of a saint. Um, and it was really cool. It just made... It made you realize how recent, in a sense, it was 100 years ago, but in the life of the church, the Fatima apparitions are, are, are fairly modern. And I think mm -hmm. that Portugal as a country really puts that into perspective um, because around Fatima, um, I think one of my favorite parts of the trip was just seeing the context of, um, you know, what Fatima was like when the shepherd children lived there but also seeing the holy sites that are and monasteries that are all around Fatima nearby where um, people had been praying and had a great devotion to Our Lady, to Mary in particular, for centuries and centuries before the, the Fatima apparitions occurred. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I would recommend to pilgrims who are looking ahead to World Youth Day 22 and want to go to Portugal 
is I think it would be really cool to do the Portuguese Camino. So many people know the Camino de Santiago, the Way of St. James that runs through Spain. But they're also you can also get to Santiago, Spain, um, the Portuguese Way, as it's called, the Portuguese Camino. And during our travels, Kate and I kept coming across um, different markers, these little shells that showed that you were on the way to Santiago. I think it's kind of the lo- the road less traveled if you want to fit a little Camino into your travels to World Youth Day, either before or after. I think that's something that that might be the year 2022. I've never done the Camino de Santiago. It's always been on the bucket list, but um, Portuguese Camino might be be a cool way to do it. I can't wait. I really, really hope to make it because... I had just such a wonderful time in Fatima and Lisbon, and it was definitely quieter. And so imagining, like you said, a complete like crowd of young people with candles praying in Fatima, I, I, I just don't even know how I would describe it. That would be awesome. Being able to visit these holy sites where, where Our Lady appeared, it really did touch my life and definitely inspired me to a greater devotion to, to the rosary. That's something I'm very grateful to have experienced, and I really want to get the word out that Portugal is, it's a vacation destination for for the rest of Europe, but it also just has a wealth of spiritual riches and cultural riches, and I cannot wait for all the young people that are going to experience that for the first time with the Holy Father in 2022. That is our podcast for this week. Guys, JD will be back next week, and I hope that Carl and I were adequate fill-ins in the meantime. CNA Newsroom is a production of Catholic News Agency, a service of EWTN News. I'm your host, Carl Bunderson. And I'm Kate Bike. Special thanks this week to Jonah and Ursula for sharing their World Youth Day experiences with us. See you next week. Mm-hmm.